everybody and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're going to be talking about Midnight at Para Palace episode 6 where uh, the time travel shenanigans really pick up a notch um, and it was pretty fun I have to say. I liked the ridiculousness of it. Um, I am not drinking any tea but maybe I will afterwards so that almost counts. Are you guys drinking tea? Nope. I had some coffee earlier. But... Yeah, I was drinking tea a few hours ago, but not now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's 10 a.m. What do you mean a few if hours we, ago? <laughs> uh, if we, we reported this when I wake up at 6, then I would have tea. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. <laughs> you wake up at 6 on weekends too? Uh, yeah, sometimes I don't get out of bed till like an hour later, but yeah. you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Okay, so now I'm going to take us through what happened in this episode. Feel free to correct me. There were just a lot of shenanigans, so uh, we'll see what I actually picked up on. Okay, so the the opening scene before the credits is horrifying. Um, We see child Ahmet playing in the hotel, and then he opens a room and finds his mom uh, hanging like as in she hanged herself so that's we don't know at that point that it's her he says mom i mean we don't know for sure but he says mom oh i thought we knew because of the ring but okay oh yeah okay that became i mean that was like later yeah but i do think that he said mom i just don't think we knew who his mom was I guess, but we didn't we know? I don't know. Anyway, okay, we knew, but I don't think the yeah. show had told us yet. Uh, yeah, the show okay. hadn't told us. It's, yeah, okay. If I hadn't been watching this carefully, I probably wouldn't have known. Oh, okay. Okay, then we learned that Halit is in critical condition, of course, because medicine in that time was just awful. <laughs> and Rashad, fucking Rashad, shows up to give her a ride for no reason. Why is this character in this show? Is he like the son of the producer or something? I don't understand. <laughs> um, he gives her a ride and they chat about George's evil intentions, and he basically just thinks she's nuts. Um, George then figures out that Halit was the traitor and saves Layla, which is, I'm sure, going to come back and be a problem later. Uh, Sonia is worried about Halit, which is sweet, and Esra comes to the very belated realization that there's no antibiotics in this time period. And After she says the word antibiotic like 10 times, and yeah. it's like, what? And everyone's like, I don't know, girl. <laughs> um, then they, oh yeah, Ahmed's Dumbledore hand has returned and it looks real bad. Really bad. And he's mm-hmm. like laid up in bed and seems to be in a lot of pain. Dimitri is tending to him, which, wow, like what a turnaround for that character. <laughs> he's like a real bro after all. Um, they figure out that Halit's shooting was the cause or is the cause of Ahmed's Dumbledore hand, although Ahmed does not tell them at this point that it's his father. And so Esra decides to go into the time travel room in order to get some antibiotics to save Halit and to save Ahmed. Although she probably would have gone just for Halit, knowing her. 
Uh, Dimitri continues his extremely dire warnings about time travel, even though she seems to be fine when she pops through all these places. And Estra takes the time travel room and she ends up in 1917, which is not what she was aiming for. She sees Halit running away from some guys. She sees Naeem Bey going into the hotel. She steals his car, saves Halit, drives him straight into a car accident, which like really good going, Esra. You're going like probably 10 miles an hour max. So that's embarrassing for her. Also, meanwhile, uh, Hudit is like giving her lovey dovey eyes. And, oh my like, God. In, I'm sure in uh, whatever year it is, 19, uh, 1919, the, the rot on Ahmed's arm is like spread all the way because of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's basically an entire like rom com compressed into 10 minutes because he's like so into her and she's so into him. Oh. It was also really funny because Dimitri was like, make sure you get back in time. Like, don't like dilly dally, like get back really quickly because everything you do will have an impact. And then she was like, well, I'm not there to like sightsee and like have fun. And then like literally that's all she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, she sees Sonia in all of her like Imperial Russian finery and she's going she's in a pawn shop trying to pawn the ring along with other family heirlooms um then some heavies come looking for Halit, but together Estra and Halit fight them off together and then Estra just can't stop flirting with this guy goes to dinner with him goes to the garden bar with him and then they dance it's like a real disaster <laughs> and obviously he's going to remember this if she does get back to 1919 which we're going to talk about it's going to be just a disaster um then uh let's see okay s oh ahmed and dimitri have a heart to heart but it's not really important it's basically just like oh woe is us we have the secret of time travel it's so hard being us uh Esra returns and she's like yeah yeah I, I didn't do shit and then they they argue a little bit she goes off to another room uh how does Ahmet now know which room to send her to I don't understand we'll talk about this um and oh, so it was, was Ahmet who said that I missed that I, yeah. I, I assumed it was Dimitri okay that's, yeah. that's weird I guess they shared the secrets of how the system works or something. But also, like, yeah, how does Dimitri, like, know? Like, anyway, <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> yeah. There's so many rooms. Uh, but yeah, I guess every room is a time travel room now, not just the Agatha Christie room. Sonia sits with uh, Halit Bey watching over him, which is sweet, I guess. But also, like, did they really have that much of a relationship? I don't know. Then um, Estra finally has made it to a post-antibiotic time period so she's in 1942 but uh-oh everything is whack uh everything is in english there's a lot of really fascist looking symbols everywhere and um she goes into an apothecary and asks for antibiotics and the apothecary lady calls the police on her turns out nobody is besides the turkish rebellion actually speaks turkish they all speak english and this is the Eastern British Empire, which, wow, too real, too real, guys. Um, George is in charge, of course, he's the leader. And Esther's in jail. 
We learned that George's mom made him hate Turks from Esra's jail buddy. I don't think I need a backstory on George, like humanizing his efforts. I'm fine with him just being a villain. And there's a prison break. Oh my God. Gets, <laughs> she gets out. She breaks into the apothecary and gets the antibiotics, but there's a lot of security in front of the Pear Palace. She parkours her way into the hotel <laughs> sees George speech speechifying. Uh, we already knew he was in charge, so she doesn't really learn anything except that he's scary. And then she's in a room. All the Turkish rebels are escaping through. I'm not really sure how that happened. And one of the rebels recognizes her. And it turns out that it's Layla, her daughter, which, whoa, that's poor Layla. She must be so traumatized. And she's like, I thought you were dead. And Esther's like, ah, it's a miracle, ha! And then uh, they hug. Layla doesn't know who Mustafa Kemal is. And Layla's like, you gave me the ability to dream in miracles. Thanks, mom. And then pops out the window. So, wow, poor Layla. Uh, <laughs> but she looks great. Esther finally makes it back to the hotel, but nobody's in the room when she goes to see him. Ahmed went to the hospital to visit his father, Halit. Ooh, big reveal. But we already knew that because we've been paying attention. Um, Ahmed, we learned, was born in 1920, but then went to live in the 90s as a child and decided not to travel anymore. So that's, I guess he maybe wandered in by mistake and uh, then never did it again. Which, why wouldn't you? Nothing bad happened when you traveled. So I don't understand why. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I interpreted that as like he did travel and then he was like, I don't know, other things happened and he got, he was afraid of it. But oh, maybe. maybe but maybe I'm extrapolating too much because the walking through the path, the doorway once thing was like lame. And I wanted him to have a more traumatic backstory. It was pretty that. lame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean his backstory is certainly traumatic, but not because That's, yeah. travel. <laughs> but I, I want I want like the full like whatever whatever the hell Dimitri did. Like it sounds like he murdered his wife and stuff. Like I want like I want the drama. Yeah, did you learn that Dimitri had murdered everybody that went through the gate? And yeah. Then all of a sudden he's like okay. now he's nice. It's for plot reasons he's now nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Sophia will have something to say on that later. <laughs> we finally learn that Sonia is Ahmed's mother, which, yeah, we knew that. And um, Esra gives her the antibiotics and tells her to stay by Halit's side, I guess, trying to give her the nurse back to health boost in the romantic competition. And then Dimitri pops in and says that Halit is the person who killed Peride. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> to talk about a lot of things happened and uh, now we're going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling the three hours ago tea of esgi section <laughs> where would you guys like to start um, so i think my first like point where i was like what the hell was 
when like she's going back in time to well she accidentally goes back in time but like Dimitri warns her that she's going to change the course of time and she could have because she's like flirting with Halit who needs to be um, Ahmed's father so she is throwing off the course of what needs to happen and like she's making it worse for Ahmed which I don't she doesn't like overtly realize that throughout the episode or she doesn't like it doesn't like all come together but I just thought that that was like a detail that the show should have like gone into a little bit more or maybe that's the cool part of it just like putting it out there for you to piece together but that was something that definitely left me thinking <laughs> well, well also, also go ahead. Oh, sorry go ahead no no go ahead Sam. also um Dimitri kept saying like oh you go through the portal and you'll turn into a monster and like she literally would just see her popping out of the room and she looks fine every time so I really don't understand the whole consequences of time I, I, travel I think he he must be referring to like once you know well I guess that probably happened to him like he's projecting his own uh moral rot onto everyone else but I mm-hmm. think he's just implying that if you recognize that you have this power and like what it can like what you can do with that power like in terms of I don't know for example enriching yourself because you could like manipulate you know past um economic events whatever to benefit you kind of thing like kind of like a back to the future was it two where, where that happened with the sports betting so like stuff like that like I think is what he was more referring to okay. is like you keep doing it to like you know for your advantage like you're un- unwittingly ruining like the world slash also corrupting yourself but yeah I don't think I don't know it was very dramatic the way he said it I agree like as if if she's gonna come out looking like a lizard but I think it was I I think it was more like oh if you like keep thinking you can hit the reset button that's not how it works and you're gonna end up like driving yourself crazy which is probably true because like it's like whack-a-mole like you go and you're getting penicillin but then when um Hyatt wakes up he's probably gonna I, I honestly don't remember this but when Hyatt wakes up he's probably gonna be like oh my god this is the girl I was in love with two years ago like and then he's not gonna look at Sonia again <laughs> so like it continues to continues to cause problems I mean, she's so dumb honestly <laughs> I still love her but she's really dumb <laughs> yeah yeah she she like has no foresight yeah exactly yeah he's like when she's telling this idiot what's his name Rashad yeah yeah like (laughs) this um, idiot what's his name I prefer if we refer to him like that from now on (laughs) (laughs) Um, thank god he doesn't believe her he's he's just like okay because that's the best possible reaction (laughs) yeah I can't remember what it is that she says but I was like oh god like well she was like she was like yeah George is uh george has terrible plans oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know for for uh i don't know if she says istanbul or for turkey or what she says um and then he's like so he's gonna like you know undermine or he, he's he's gonna do something treacherous and his superiors don't know but you know and she's like yeah exactly yeah yeah right. <laughs> and that's when he's like okay you crazy <laughs> oh god yeah that, that part was just like why in the world um and then yeah she she has very little awareness like it's funny when her when Leila's like yeah you helped me believe in miracles like I was in my head trying to go through and remembering like maybe what it was that (laughs) referring to but like 
God, like those miracles are time travel. Like it's not a miracle. I can't remember what exactly they were talking about earlier there, but I definitely remember like a a dialogue between them being like, oh, well, why'd this happen, mom? It's a, it's because it's a miracle. What's a miracle? And then she like defined what a miracle was. Oh, but I don't, yeah. I don't I don't remember like what the specific topic was. I but... assume it was the mother of your grandmother thing because that's the only thing they ever talked oh, about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that the the horrible bedtime story. <laughs> she yeah. <laughs> The first act of trauma- traumatizing was that bedtime story. <laughs> um, well, at least uh, Rishat in the fu- in the fascist future is a free as a freedom sl- fighter slash resistance leader. So that's cool. Oh, he at was. Least- yeah, was he, he was. He was the guy like that led that prison break, and he was like telling wow. them to kill all the English people. I had no idea. I yeah, he had like a limp. Something- he was not in good shape. <laughs> I think I have something against his face, and I'm just like face blind to Rishad. Yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, he was, that... he was useful there at least. <laughs> well, that's that whole good. scene was also like weird because I was wondering, like, how would the structure of power work? Like, if he's like a viceroy or whatever for England, like, he should have had like the flag somewhere, like, he can't just make he, yeah. I, I felt like it was maybe nice. separate. Well, actually, it could have been. I don't know, this could be like a way alternate reality where like, I forget what that guy's, Oswald Mosley or Morley, he he was like a Hitler lover um, who almost won prime minister of the UK. Um, I don't know, maybe in, maybe in this all really alternate reality that also happened. So oh all God. the like UK emblems changed as well. Oh um, but I mean, they didn't, obviously they don't go into that level of depth, but either it's either something like that or like the... I don't know. It's truly a separate thing that he's just calling the Eastern <laughs> British Empire. Yeah. Could be. Because if you think about it, without if they got rid of Mustafa Kemal, like then all the dominoes would fall and potentially like, you know, all all of Anatolia certainly, maybe even like a greater extent of the Middle East would have all kind of been contiguous territory uh for them. So yeah, I don't know. Scary. <laughs> Crazy, yeah, scary. Yeah, that's, I mean, it. I definitely felt like it was like an Orwellian kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, you could take advantage of the fact that you're in the middle of World War II in order to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But, okay, that, that shows yet another moment where she can't read the context. And it's like, she gets incarcerated because she's speaking Turkish and she keeps speaking Turkish. Yeah. Forever, which is so stupid. Right. She can speak English. She- she didn't get she didn't get good grades in history. She doesn't really know what 1942 <laughs> is. Also, I mean, literally, she all she needs to do is look around. Everyone yes. is wearing black, and there's it's red so banners everywhere in English. It's very ominous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she could have gotten some context. She's beyond help. I think is our conclusion, <laughs> and yet so she's our only hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She. I mean, I wonder if they do that on purpose or not. Like, if the scriptwriters just wanna sorry my cats are playing um, if the script writers wanna like make it obvious that she's like a ditz it's like part of her character or if it's just like I mean it, it couldn't not be deliberate to me it's too obvious for it to not be deliberate but I don't know 
Yeah, I feel like they want us to like see ourselves in this character, but I'm like, I would not, I don't think I'd be that dumb. Maybe I would, who knows? Maybe I'd be so <laughs> out of sorts with being yeah. time traveled. But like by this point, she's done so many times, she shouldn't be this dumb. <laughs> I think it's like when you have <clears throat> a character that's like the audience stand-in that everything is explained to, something you sometimes you have to make them dumber than they should actually be because everything yeah. that the audience needs to know that character needs to not be able to understand figure out telling them yeah that's a good point yeah but the self-preservation is just negative it's negative this character i mean the fact that she crashed that fucking car i just oh god that yeah. was unbelievable that was yeah. unbelievable. so stupid <laughs> she was just like smitten by halid no like she's just like yes so twitter painted actually uh, yeah yo you got to say heavy you got to say twitter painted it's, uh, <laughs> it's heavy vocab lesson day <laughs> um okay so do you think that if slash when halid wakes up he's going to remember the sojourn in 1917 with Estra, or has he known this the whole time and that's why he's been interested in her? Like, what's the deal here? No, I think I think the present, the present, or not the present, the 1919 she's referred to has now been modified. I don't think he would have, like, if he woke up with that, well, he wouldn't have woken up, I guess, if she hadn't done that and gotten the penicillin. Uh, but, like, prior... when they first met, did he remember meeting her in 1917? I don't think so. No, I think, like, like, I think like it's a different him now, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's a different reality, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's created a like another spoke. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's like as if like her future time travel, where like everything changed, and now it's a totalitarian dictatorship, and no one knows who Mustafa Kemal is. Which, I mean, I guess that it's crazy to think because like we have these like historical figures, and they're like so symbolic and like representative mm-hmm. it's crazy to think like well maybe if they made a one different decision or right. like died or they traveled or whatever yeah like you would never know who they were yeah it's crazy yeah it's crazy to think about it better to not <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's like oh god <laughs> everything is in such a frail balance <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, I think I I do I like I said I honestly don't remember, but I have a strong suspicion that he's gonna wake up. Sonia's gonna be there, but as soon as he sees uh Estra, he's gonna be like, Oh my god, it's the girl of my dreams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so too. <laughs> and then Ahmed is just gonna die. Uh, Ahmed's face is gonna turn Dumbledore arm color. <laughs> well, his neck was already like all <laughs> yeah. Purple. Yeah, the the makeup budget didn't allow for the face rot, but maybe next episode. <laughs> and we didn't want to see it either. No, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, like, what is the end result? Like, is he just gonna be like a charred corpse, or is he gonna turn to dust? Like, what's the what, what happened? I'm, I kind of want to just see it play out. Also, like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> well, I don't know because his hand is already pretty gross. Pretty gross. My guess yeah. is like once the black stuff reaches your heart, then you die. He's oh, gonna heart. become like Vecna. Ew. And he's gonna be like a time traveling villain then, because he's been corrupted <laughs> by the time lack of possibility. Deadly piece of corpse muscles. Yes. Mm. 
gross. This is now a different show. Yeah, it's now Stranger <laughs> Things. <laughs> In terms of the Sonia character, does she simply exist to be like sad and jilted when Holly is in love with Esra? Like, is she going to actually do anything or is that just her character? Is like she's there to pick up Holly if he's left by Esra and be sad and have a tragic end? She does stuff along the way for sure. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, yes, she's jilted and commits suicide, I guess, but like she has. She definitely has a purpose. Okay. I think it's also to show, and this is another one of those things that we can also discuss, but like we have this whole narrative about like all the people that had to leave Russia and their like tragic, sad lives, and how like basically it's like the opposite of like finally justice. It's like, oh no, like these people that had everything and now they have nothing, and like let's really feel sad for them. Which evidently that must be really difficult, but like the 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 life in Russia was I mean, particular big like disparity. I don't know. It's like I feel like that all feeds into, you know, whoever like capitalism, meritocracy, like whoever had money kind of deserved it. So if you lose your money, like just because of a twist of fate, like that's so sad. Like let's be sad about this story forever. I don't know. I mean, that... I, I do. I do think she needed a backstory like that, though, because yeah. she's like, let's like, she's gonna do some like questionable things for sure, uh... <laughs> or bad rather things. But okay. it's like, I don't know. You you always want to like be able to have the viewers feel some sympathy for her, and I think it's like the fact that you know she is she has nothing. She's barely getting by, and like she's I don't know hopelessly in love that, that I think I think she needed that tragic backstory or whatever otherwise they would you know you would just be like oh, well fuck this lady like <laughs> she just okay sucks. well that's that's yeah. good to hear I like that yeah. because I think like yeah we've had the tragic backstory and now if like she's just there and a victim I'd be pretty bored. yeah no yeah I mean she's I would still say like by the end she's like still someone you feel sorry for or whatever like a, a, from a victim standpoint but like yeah she's not just she, yeah she's not just there to be like the the sad foil to Esther or whatever okay. <laughs> yeah yeah um do we have any theories about the Halit being the one to kill Peride story that we hear at the end I, don't I, know. I completely forgot that this episode ended like that with that revelation. I wonder if he was like forced by the British or there's another Halit from the past. Because we don't oh, know God. who's into this whole time traveling thing. Yeah. Oh man, that would be <laughs> that would be really confusing. Uh yeah, it definitely doesn't fit into his good guy ally of Ataturk story yeah. that he is the one who killed Peride. So yeah, maybe he has an evil time doppelganger also like Esther. Wait, was it was it Dimitri who said it also? Like his, yes, do we trust was, Dimitri? Yeah. Like no. also. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good yeah. point. Dimitri is extremely sketch and yeah. uh, and I'm like not sure that... murderer. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure we understand why he uh decided to be on our team at all when he was trying to kill us before. So Yeah, very questionable. 
it's either yeah for plot reasons he's nice or actually for plot reasons he's pretending to be nice (laughs) (laughs) i mean it could also be that he's not going to be such a binary character like Mm -hmm. it's going to be complex although i don't know if that's this short if this show is that sort of show that's going to really delve into his character yeah Yeah. at the moment i feel like we don't have enough episode real estate to do that also yeah Yeah. true two episodes yeah I'm sure everything's going to be completely fine by the end of those two episodes. (laughs) 100% resolved. All right. So now we are going to move on into the history section where Sophia, the historist, is going to tell us about the invention of the penicillin, which... Estra forgot about, but it's very important in history. Take it True. away. <laughs> True. Um, so penicillin is a substance that comes from fungus, um, which the word fungus now scares me after I've been watching The Last of Us. But anyway, um, <laughs> so basically what the the whole thing about this is it it's naturally occurring. So it like people have discovered it at different points in in time um so it's it's attributed to alexander fleming but like there's more complexity to it because several cultures like used penicillin because they saw it in nature and they like saw that it worked um so like even in ancient greece and india in the jalan armies in the second century so Definitely, it's been used um, for a, a long, a long time before um, 1928 when it was discovered. I was actually surprised when she said 1928. I thought penicillin had been um, discovered previously, but I guess not. Um, yeah, I learned from the, I learned from this show that it was so late as well because yeah. I was really surprised she had to go to the forties to like get it from a pharmacy. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. fact that it was post World War One is pretty horrifying. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have saved a ton of people in World War One. But what's crazy is that people already used it, so I wonder why no one thought to use it. <laughs> I don't know, um, but other places that developed penicillin were Serbia, Russia, China, and even like Native Americans um, had started using it. So it's actually not such a novel thing. I think what was more novel was understanding why and how it worked. So what what people would, like how they would use it is people would get like uh, foods that had fungus and they would put it on wounds for for like people that were wounded and um for example it was also used in the eighth century by arab doctors where they cured infections with a white paste um that would form so like a fungus that would form on the on the leather that they put on the donkeys to take like cargo and stuff so Apparently, people were somehow already figuring out that this fungus that grew had medicinal um, possibilities. And then in the 17th century, like some pharmacists and British, uh, I don't know how you translate that word, but people that worked with herbs um, 
they included this in, in pharmacy. So it's, I mean, it's been, I feel like it probably could have been used during World War One. I. I don't know if it was, but it was already being sold in the 17th century in pharmacies in England. So, so then at the, at the end of the 19th century, uh, this scientist called Friedrich Gustav Jacob Henle, and he was a, an anatomist and zoologist who was German. Um, and they were working at a university and they started becoming really interested about how like EPD, I can't pronounce this word, epidemiology, whatever, like the study that there are like tiny microorganisms that make people sick. And so that's how they started uh, learning, for example, that, you know, specific bacteria and specific microorganisms uh, cause specific illnesses, like starting with anthrax. um, And they began developing a whole theory that's called the microbial theory of illness. And basically they started saying, you know, infectious diseases come from tiny organisms that no one can see. Um, so then they started, you know, investigating and, and how to figuring out how to like kill germs basically. And they started isolating a compound called, okay, I'm going to Google how you say this in English because it's called Salversin in Spanish. I don't know why I'm in the Spanish Wikipedia, but, um, it was this, this medication that, uh, was, was useful against syphilis. So they started Basically, long story short, they discovered that microorganisms caused illnesses and they started testing some treatments to um, kill or fight those microorganisms. And this sort of research was the base, the basis for uh, Alexander Fleming's like later research. But this was like done in the 19, like in the late 1890s and early 1900s. And basically you know people started observing how people started getting sick with with bacteria and they started making experiments about how mold could uh kill the these different sorts of bacteria and so there were i mean a bunch of scientists like amongst them louis pasteur and and others that were doing um research with these different sorts of bacteria basically and like how to cure them and so even there was like in in the in 2000 a set of like academics in Costa Rica came out and said you know it was a Costa Rican scientist who actually discovered penicillin and he like specific cuz there's a lot of fungus that has antibacterial qualities but like the pen, penicillin itself is like from a specific type of penicillium fungus and it's specifically good against like staphylococcus and streptococcus which are like specific bacteria which cause like strep infections and all sorts of different infections in humans and he actually like researched this wrote a report and sent it to the academy of sciences in paris um but he didn't patent it so like nobody ever knew that he or he didn't become famous like fleming did but apparently he also discovered penicillin and as we know from (laughs) what i mentioned before penicillin had been discovered or like was already in use but people just didn't go into the science of it that much they just like observed that mushrooms were good mushrooms fungus was good to cure certain infections and they just kept using it but it wasn't like studied that profoundly and then alexander fleming observed 
the the fungus and like his whole story is also important because it like exemplifies someone who was very rigorous with the scientific method and he like found something through that um and and his story is kind of like he he was growing some bacteria and like some petri dishes and like somehow it started growing mold and then he realized that the mold killed all the bacteria that's kind of like the myth of how he discovered um penicillin and he like it, it he makes it seem really casual but it like it as i mentioned at the beginning it turns out that he was actually building up on some existing re existing research and the reason that some think he like they made it seem so casual was because of world war ii and like propaganda and like because some institutions like it was like a political thing in terms of like some institutions wanted to prevail over others um but he, apparently uh Fleming had studied the authors that have been previously mentioned so the authors that were looking through the whole like theory that microorganisms call cause illnesses and how to you know cure those illnesses and he even like mentioned them in his in his speech and he was like actively looking for a substance that would kill bacteria like he he had been a part of world war one he had seen like all the people that were dying because of infections they were having he tried the initial salve that i mentioned previously that's a salve that had been used like in the 1900s and had successfully killed some bacteria and then he he also realized that you know it wasn't working as much as as he needed to so basically he definitely was going in that direction and that's that's a little bit of the story of penicillin it turns out that the original strains of penicillin that were discovered are now like there's a lot of penicillin resistant bacteria now so they've have they've had to be like pretty modified and um you know some lab work to create different strains so that they they can fight uh stronger infections and well after after all of this research like a the penicillin started being mass produced and it it began to be mass produced in the in 1939 like between 1939 and 1941 um and of course there was not a lot of resources because it was world war ii um but basically eventually penicillin stopped being made from like actual fungus and it started being made uh synthetically uh and that's a little bit about penicillin <laughs> great i'm ready bring on the penicillin trivia <laughs> i i yes we are grateful for penicillin for not like letting us die from like a paper cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> There, if, I don't know if y'all have seen the show um, Station Eleven or read the book, but it's like it's very oof. It, it's a little like too difficult to consume because literally ninety percent of the world's population is wiped out by a respiratory virus oh that gosh. is like identical to COVID except way like higher death rate. And this was this was published in two thousand. 18 so it's just like very eerie how like this author like I mean I mean, obviously shouldn't know but like she was able to write something that played out you know in a much less severe way a couple years later um so like 90 percent of the world's population is gone which means like civilization obviously collapses for those who are uh who remain 
and one and the, one of the main characters like brother they're like trekking around you know the u.s trying to find or i think in canada in the novel in the actual show in the hbo adaptation it's uh the u.s but in the novel it's canada they're trekking around and he like steps on something and like he gets an infect it gets it cuts his foot and he gets an infection and dies like a few days later it's like literally it's because they don't have access to antibiotics and like no one has any practical knowledge anymore so like you can't you know they give like no chance of like figuring out how to how to live because we're all like useless 21st century people um <laughs> so anyway i i had watched this show the midnight at Petopolis, and then i a few months later read this book and i was like oh my god <laughs> even after 1928 we're not safe because we're all useless <laughs> yeah but, i mean it yeah. happens in in the last of us too because like yeah we it, it's 20 years into like a an apocalypse and like you can't find any gas because like who's making gas in the middle of an apocalypse right. like, no one right. can drive a car so all the right. cars are just trash just they're just like left yes it was the same kind of landscape in station 11 it, like nothing is useful I, the air, like one of the airports that they walk to is like turned into like a city basically because it like serves as shelter but like obviously no one's flying <laughs> yeah. so anyway wild stuff to think about to, to not think about rather yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, uh Esther is listening please try to not cause an apocalypse because that would be really unfortunate for us she's like she's like hold my beer hold my chai I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh god Okay, so now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, Sultan of Success, and Fatima's hit list. So, what the fucks? The uniforms for the post-apocalyptic Brits. They're all like leather, <laughs> like leather army uniforms, which seem impractical, expensive, and <laughs> what the fuck? just why? <laughs> I love that take. <laughs> I did not notice the leather. Really? The color scheme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other obvious what the fuck is how she crashes driving, which was uh, so yeah. stupid. Like, That's that on was my list. Really yes. dumb. So stupid. Um, and then, what? Other, I guess the Dimitri, like, what the hell is his deal? He's yeah. a what the fuck in, its, in himself as a character. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I still don't get, I mean, it's not a what the fuck, but it's just a question for future episodes. Like, why would uh, her name is blanking in my head? Ahmed's mother kill her. Sonia. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll learn a little bit more about her life and his childhood in the next episode. I don't know. We'll see. Um... Yeah, I agree with those. I had what the fuck to the car actually getting away from those guys running because I feel like those old timey cars are really slow. Plus, they're on a super busy street. Like, people are not going to get out of the way for her to speed off. Not sure why those guys running after them gave up. And then I have um, 
what the fuck to Ezra's ability to climb up the side of a building <laughs> just doesn't seem like she's I have that too kind of she's like I feel like she's failed at similar tasks in the past maybe maybe she has it but like, I just feel like she would like not be that physically she doesn't strong. really seem like an athlete to me no from our brief glimpse into her life in modern Istanbul yeah but uh I'm glad she was able to do it it was really necessary any other what the fucks? Not really a WTF, but I was LOLing when they showed uh, Naim Bey like begging for money on the street, like visibly drunk uh, in the fascist reality. What? I didn't, didn't see, see that either. Yeah, yeah. He was like in an alleyway begging in English, like spare some change. Oh, and he was yeah. like clearly like inebriated. It was like because he like helped them, right? Because he was treacherous, but because he's a Turk, they still like didn't you know curry he didn't curry any favor with them wow. so they they just dumped him and now he's like a drunk beggar oh my god lol <laughs> which one was the name bay i was like her, her dad her dad like okay <gasps> this dad yeah i didn't i didn't recognize him but i knew that it was probably someone familiar because she like yeah 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 so sucks to be treacherous doesn't get yeah. you anywhere yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good that's justice yeah okay who is our sultan of success i think it's esra it could be leila she became a bad or it could even be rashad he was an idiot and now uh, he leads the uh, <laughs> he was an idiot <laughs> uh, well i like leila she turned out to be a real badass yeah I feel like I mean like purely within the confines of this episode I think Esra would be okay to give it to but like I just feel like once Hudit opens his eyes it's gonna all go to shit again yeah Yeah. but I mean we are we are limited to what we know now so I think I could I could could support either Leila or Esra knowing what we know we can have a mother-daughter team award oh that's nice (laughs) slash grandmother granddaughter whatever the hell they yeah. are <laughs> yeah she, the kid looks nothing like Penny. they like no. i don't know if she recognized her to be honest and she looks nothing like small Layla. yeah they they really should just have like the same actress also play that would have been really confusing and weird it just like continues <laughs> to be the Pedro the lookalikes cloned throughout oh history. Oh my gosh, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That's a good idea. They should have done that. Uh, who is on the hit list? Is there anybody besides George? I mean, for me, Petty Diff, she keeps like doing stupid things, especially <laughs> flirting with Halit Bey. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. That was obnoxious to me because it's like, dude... You're trying to save your friend and you're just killing him more. Yeah. But she didn't know at that time that it was his dad, to be fair to her. She knew that she shouldn't have been doing that, but she didn't know why. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, she's still, to me, on Fatma's hit list because she's not like heeding the warnings and she's like fucking up without realizing it. Yeah. Okay. All right, so congratulations to the <laughs> Esra and Layla, our favorite mother-daughter team slash grandmother-granddaughter team. You guys did great this episode. 
watch out to George and also to Esra because yeah, you did a lot of stupid shit. You won this episode, but clearly the consequences are going to come for you. <laughs> and uh, George, you're just always there. We really, really hope that Fatima gets to you before we watch the next episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time about episode seven. Bye.